Welcome to the Giant Leadership Podcast, where we help leaders like you get the knowledge and skills you need to impact more people and live the life you've always wanted. Get ready to experience tools, tips, and advice by the co-founders of Giant and best-selling authors, Jeremy Kubacek and Steve Cockrum. Welcome to the Giant Leadership Podcast. My name is Jeremy Kubitschek, and always I'm with Steve Cockrum. Steve, what's going on today, my friend? Jeremy, great to be with you yet again. I hope you like my new edition. Um, I've now officially entered middle age with glasses, so there you go. You can have some commiseration for me, but that that's the big news here in London today. The big news is glasses, yes. There you um, go. And now, do you call them spectacles? What's the, what's the, official, <laughs> the official term? Yeah, I, I, I've not got a monocle yet. No, we would call these glasses over <laughs> here. So I don't know what you would call them over there. But uh, your beard is looking mighty fine. You're almost, you're almost becoming a, a, a bit of a millennial, Jez. I'm yeah, heading I'm into boomer territory, I think. I'm a total hipster, you know, and it's coming up on oh. November in the no-shave yeah. November. So... Uh, I'm not going to shave my back. Um, (laughs) (laughs) As long as you do your palms, that's fine. (laughs) Uh, I do think it would be so funny to have a monocle. I I would love to see you with a monocle. It would just go so well. And you can be in your your posh um, accent. It's it's not going to happen, just so you know. So uh, (laughs) I've even got my first set of prescription sunglasses as well. So uh, we're we're off next week to Cyprus. I'm going to be able to read by the side of the pool and think of you obviously working hard. Oh, that's rough. That's rough. Being in Cyprus. Okay. First time hearing of this. Well, I thought if I shared it in front of everyone else, then you wouldn't be able to get cross. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is interesting. Uh, This is your first... I mean, you've been to you went to Croatia, but this is your first yeah. time to like air everybody out, right? Is the family going, or just you and Helen? No, no, it's just Helen and I. So okay. uh, we're just the two of us. The kids are mercifully in school. It's a lot cheaper that way. So uh, yeah, <laughs> just the, just the two of us. See, uh, being empty nesters, uh, we are doing the same thing. We're going to Florida in a couple of weeks, and yeah. it's just so nice to you know, yeah, not have those meddling kids, right? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, yeah, hey, my, my, um, par- my five, my five voices and parenting series has just gone out the window. There, I think. Basically. <laughs> yes. Uh, how to go to Cyprus and not take your kids? I love it. That's right. That's, That's right. good. It's very pioneer of you. Um, yeah. So let's get into it today. Let's talk about like the world. You know, every mm-hmm. every time in the current events and the current affairs and mm-hmm. the world is chaotic and crazy. We're not here mm-hmm. though. At, uh, we're to be liberating and helpful, not to uh, not to take people down and, and, and whine and complain, even though there's times I know I want to or am frustrated with certain things. But here's a question I have, Steve. I, this last week, I met with so many leaders. I did a number of CEO um, events and everyone talking about the great resignation of like, it's real. It's really yeah. real. We have we have jobs and we're raising minimum wage and we still can't find people. And yeah. so, you know, and you can get into the socioeconomics of why that's happening and the psychology of why that's happening and those kind of things. Mm. I'm really wanting to ask you, like, what do you think about that? Like, what what advice would you give leaders mm. from your perspective and how to handle that, how to deal with that practically? Do you have anything that comes to mind? And I thought we'd just kind of maybe yeah. talk about that reality. Yeah. 
it's a fascinating topic. I think that McKinsey did a big piece of research on it as well, didn't it? I think the thing is that that we're in a situation where people have more choice than they've ever had before. So if you think in the industrial world, people depends on where you lived. You know, your town probably had three or four different jobs. We're in a world now where people have got used to through COVID the fact you can pretty much work from anywhere in the world and a generation coming through that are expecting in the knowledge economy um, to have that freedom. So I think the first thing to understand is to go where people have choice, it's actually going to lead in the end to a greater pool of talent to choose from. I think at the moment we're dealing with the fact that we're still thinking across local national borders and we're actually thinking we're always going to be hiring people like we always have who live near us. And I think the evolution is going to be actually for those who are uh, skilled knowledge workers in other parts of the world, they may well become part of people's digital teams in the future. So that's uh, an evolutionary process. Right now, there is a massive competition for talent. And I think that's the reason why, you know, the article McKinsey, it's like, in the end, people leave leaders, they don't usually lead jobs. So in a sense, if leaders define culture, if you are the leader of an organization, ultimately, this is a phenomenal opportunity because people are not simply staying with something simply because they've got no choice. They'll choose to stay because you understand their particular needs and aspirations and can create an environment and a culture where, A, they get to be developed and grow, where they have that freedom and flexibility, but ultimately, People are deciding, I'd like to make a difference with the work I do, and I'd like to work with people that I can believe in, and I'd really like, in many ways, to make sure that my development and my growth and the things like that are there. So for the leaders who are in our world who do that well, I actually think the great resignation is a great opportunity, but I promise you, if your culture is not healthy and your leaders are not functioning as liberating these to your people they won't stay anymore just because of a pay packet or because they have no choice so i think it's both like most things it's an opportunity as much as a threat but it is going to reveal culture and particularly the way leaders treat people more than i think we've ever seen before don't know what you think yeah yeah well i think it depends i mean i think you're exactly right with traditional um mm. uh, jobs when you get into retail and mm. frontline environments, uh, it, even that, it's like the, people are saying, you know, even even people at Chick-fil-A, and I've been talking to leaders oh, at Chick-fil-A, and they're like, yeah, 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 but what do I still do? <laughs> you know, mm. And it's hard. It's your point. Absolutely. Mm. I've been helping an uh, athletic director um, mm. with a, at a large uh, college and helping them think through uh, leadership. And I've got them mm. on this idea of fixed cost versus variable cost. Now, the traditional job is we lose someone, we need to replace someone with a fixed salary. Yeah. I'm like, wait, 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 let's do this. 21st century variable cost. We can get anyone in the world and pick uh, marketing or certain skill sets. You can build a team of two or three or four people for the same salary of of a large salary. You diversify your talent. You just have to manage different. So to your point, Steve, I totally agree with you. It's like, this is an opportunity to think differently. And if you think variable costs, you can actually test out different styles and different ways of doing certain jobs. Now, certain jobs, they need to be right there 
on the line or, you know, there's certain, depending on the company or organization, but other jobs, now it's the opportunity to actually really explore what could be uh, the new, the new norm. I I love what you said there. And the the bit about going, don't replace fixed costs unless you have to. The, the the concept of you know one of the one of the companies I'm working with at the moment in Silicon Valley is as they grow we've now got a fractional CFO <laughs> we've got a fractional HR we've got a a, a a kind of marketing agency that's on retainer in a sense you're actually able to have access to higher skilled knowledge workers that you could not afford to have a salary who are building their own business so that actually what you have is a variable cost model more than a fixed cost model so mm-hmm. i mean that's typical of us we're usually on the front end of opportunity in the sense of you know giants been um you know remote working and you know that thing for a long time but i think that's a really profound point if people are sitting there today going how do i how do i hire bodies in a knowledge economy you might actually find there are ways in which you can have incredibly motivated high performance opportunities because everyone who's running their own business is more motivated usually than someone who's working for a paycheck and that that's just us i guess being creative but it's a huge issue and uh it's gonna be really interesting to see i mean i don't know what it's like in the states we've in theory got more vacancies than we we've ever had but there are still a lot of people who haven't returned to work from a furlough scheme probably they may not like the work <laughs> the work tends to be in the mm-hmm. you know some of the, the health the social care the hospitality and it's gonna be really interesting to see how the government actually encourages people into work rather than necessarily paying them benefits to be at home and that's i think going to be another part of the, the the next season people have got used to in many ways a bit more of an entitlement culture in our world i guess and so inflation leading to stagflation. I mean, you yes. saw in, in the United States, we grew by 2%. It's the lowest recovery. So when you, yeah. when you have inflation with no real growth, yeah. it's this stagflation is coming, which is a big ball of yarn. And it's yeah. a big mess, which means that we need great leaders. We need leaders who are thinking differently. We need leaders who are working in their industries. We need leaders who are thinking. Yeah. So for any of you listening... You, you do your part, right? You do, you control what you can control. You actually start thinking uh, proactively and intentionally. So anyway, well, yeah. that's just one of them. Um, we're going to jump in. Let's jump in with Tracy. Tracy, you've got something. We won't call it a mailbag because no one gets mail anymore. Uh, <laughs> message board. How about the message board? Who, do you have any messages or any questions from anyone? Jennifer from Minneapolis is asking, what's the best way to train our new and upcoming leaders? And how much time should I invest per month on this type of training? How do you train the new and upcoming leaders? Well, this is a perfect plug <laughs> for something that we do. Uh, we have something uh, where where we actually... Uh, train people who are Sherpas, who are people who lead people. And the idea of you get them into a regimen of um, micro learning. And in our world, we have something that Steve and I filmed and Tracy and Hunter and a few others have uh, filmed sessions that are um, every week or every time that they, they watch a session, they learn a tool they have a 100 exercise, which applies it to their own life of how do they grow. And then there's an X challenge for how do they give it away to someone else. And we have found so many people are using it. I mean, yesterday alone, I had a group going, 
okay, I want 70 of my emerging leaders on this program because it works. We tested it with eight. They did it for about four months. And he said, I can tell a real difference between that because it's basically consistent learning, consistent training, consistent addition of thoughts. And I know that's a, a bias plug, uh, but uh, it, it really works. Uh, Steve, how about you? How would you add to that? I love it. We've actually got a connector with a conscience who's feeling guilty for selling something we believe in. That's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, I think the first thing I'd say is if you've got young, new leaders you want to train, to really avoid the old world of putting them in classrooms to train them. That actually the, the digital world, obviously Giants is the, the best product out there because we never say anything different, but fundamentally creating an opportunity for people to learn at their own speed in their own time on their own journey. That is, I think, a way in which you as a leader, sometimes most people we work with feel like inadequate in terms of developing leaders. And they love the fact that they can partner with an organization like Giant, where we've in many ways done a lot of the work for you. Your job then is to process the learning with the people that you're training and developing. And I think that's the, the kind of don't try and do it all on your own, but also have a couple of tools that you can you can use. When we talk a lot about the support challenge matrix and the idea being learning what does it mean to calibrate high support and high challenge, even if you don't necessarily know how to do it, sitting down with the one tool and asking them and saying, hey, I'm committed to helping you be the best you can be. What would it look like for me to bring high support and high challenge to you? Give me some clues about how I do that. So that would be two very practical things that I think that you can do. Obviously, uh, there are other providers of digital learning, but none of them will be anywhere near as good as what Giant has created because Jeremy and I are biased and as a pioneer, we always win. So that's good. <laughs> That's great. I'm biased too, but I mean, all we hear is amazing feedback of, wow, we had no idea this would transform our people like it does. Um, and not just at work, but at home as well. So, all right, here's the second question. Andrew from London, your part of the world there, Steve, is asking, I am all in at work and very intentional with my employees. However, when I get home to my family, I don't have much left. And my wife tells me that she and the kids get the worst of me. So how do I leave room and energy for my family? Boom. Oh, yes. Steve, you want to, you want to start with this one? Well, uh, I will happily. I think uh, the, the, the reality is whatever the problem is, there's a giant tool to help. And Jeremy and I wrote a book called The Five Gears, which is really uh, designed almost to oh, look at that. Jeremy even had it ready to go for those of you watching the video rather than the podcast. But Five Gears actually ask the question in the digital world where the work never switches off. How do you actually create intentional moments in your day, in your week, in your month, in your year, where you choose to be appropriately present with the people you're with? So in the end, whenever you're talking about family time and depth relationships, we would call that second gear or connect mode. And for most hardworking busy leaders, executives, if you don't put second gear in your calendar and schedule it, it probably won't happen by accident. So I think the thing is, you know, um, in the end, I don't know many leaders who function brilliantly in work when there is relational disharmony at home. So we sometimes think that actually, if we just focus on work, some of those pain packs will go away. But in the end, the more I work with leaders and the more I coach leaders who you know some of whom earn a huge amount of money and lead incredibly large things 
the place where they feel the most pain or the most joy is usually in their leadership in the home. And it's amazing how some simple tools like gears have helped me. I know they've helped Jeremy help many people to actually intentionally create the space so that every aspect of our lives receives an appropriate amount of time and an appropriate amount of investment. Um, so five gears is my answer. Jez, I don't know whether you have anything yeah, no, to add. I think it's the idea that would say is intentional versus accidental. Yeah. Every one of us has an intentional dimmer on our back. You either move it up or you move it down. A lot of people are intentional at work. And then it's almost like the expectation is, well, my spouse was taking care of that so I can come and rest. And so uh, the reality is, is depends on the season of life with your kids. It depends on the season of life with your spouse. Are they working? Are they not working? Um, and the dynamics that are there. Well, everyone's tired because you've been so intentional at work. The hard part about marriage and kids and life is you have to be intentional at home, but there's some hacks and the five gears is a hack that helps you figure that out. But I found, you know, if you have younger kids, they're going to go to bed early. So you have an hour and a half or two hours with them when, by the time you get home. So how do you be as intentional as possible in that time frame? And mm. then there's the time for rest. So a lot of it was, I know for me, I decided to be intentional. And mm. when, when I decided to be intentional, that meant I had to think differently. And that's where the gears came in. Uh, it was a system for making mm. it easier to be intentional. But it's, it's actually a commitment to be intentional and not accidental. And that right there is the very beginning. So yeah. it's a great question. Thanks for that, Alex. Um, yeah. So That's a higher intellectual question from London, I hope you noticed. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love the... All right. Well, that, that is all of our questions. So thanks, guys. Thank you. Well, all right. You. Well, yeah. And uh, please, if you please send us some questions. If you're listening and you'd really like um, Jeremy and I to, to speak to those, we, we'd love to make that possible and you'll, you'll get an email or an email address you can write to Tracy. But now it's one of our um, favorite slots in the Giant Leadership Podcast where we, we do the, a giant interview where we today have the pleasure of Mr. Abe Jin. Um, for those of you who are familiar with the Giant Platform, Abe is famous for his video series for the Pioneer Creatives. So Abe is the guru to INTJ's pioneer creatives around the world. And uh, Abe, it's lovely to have you on our podcast as one of our early guests. And we, we always ask three questions, Abe, so you know where we're going. Um, the first one is tell us a little bit, Abe, about your Giant story. How did you get connected to Giant and how has that evolved for you over that period of time? A little bit on the Giant story, Abe. Yeah, well, you know, I've always been uh, in the coaching and training and just people development space for the last 15 years and just had a pa passion for seeing holistic change for leaders. And uh, I'm not sure if you know this, Steve, but I actually was looking from high school on. I had a, this, this mastermind plan that I would have my own chiropractic business. Yeah, I got exactly. hooked on uh, that field because people would come in limping, literally couldn't really walk and I would see these chiropractors just adjust them and it would just be a miracle of alignment for them. Right. And I feel like I'm still kind of in that field uh, because I'm, I'm bringing alignment to people's leadership core, right. Looking at their relationships, looking at their authentic leadership voice, aligning them to their sweet spot and allowing them to create those healthy cultures and performances. And so um, that's been uh, something that I, I feel like I'm continuing to do even now today, just more for organizations and beyond. But 
Uh, I think prior to my journey of getting into Giant really was uh, there was other people who got hooked on my content, um, on the training and the visual tools. And I was just starting to see it. I was a little bit jealous. I was like, how come I can't be part of that journey? <laughs> and I got to get connected to one of your OG senior partners, probably one of your first consultants in your firm, uh, Mark Herringshaw. He took me under his wings and rest is history. Got to really uh, got apprenticed in the journey of the giant framework. That's so good. But for Jeremy and I, it's always a huge compliment. Uh, when when pioneer creatives decide that somebody else has done the intellectual work and they can build on what they've done, there's no higher compliment because there'll always been a moment in most pioneer creatives say where they go, why didn't I think of this first? So we receive your um, compliment and grateful, hugely grateful for your willingness to embrace that with Mark and the, the incredible journey you've been on. Tell everyone a little bit. We were trying to say that basically uh, you can't give what you don't possess. So if you think of some of your giant, what the learning for you personally is, where are some of the big ahas that Abe Jin went through as he encountered um, giant tools? You know, um, we're living in tough times right now and um, people get to slow down a lot more and, and just think. And I think uh, for me, uh, the, the value of giant is really in self-awareness and um, the past few years, you know, I had to process my grandma passing away uh, recently. And, and, and I think in that it kind of allows you to reassess what life and purpose is like. And it really made me think through what is my 70, 30, what is going to give me a lot of life and energy and what are the 30% that thing that really kind of drains me. And I had to really think through how do I actually build my business? How do I build the way that I do things out of the way that I'm wired? And if I don't do that, life is short. It really allowed me to start to think through what are the things I need to shift within my business, the way I do partnership to actually engage in the highest good for myself. Right? I, I realize that, that it's so easy for me to dominate as a pioneer, dominate myself so that I can basically do a lot of things. But at the end of the day, that leads me to depletion and burnout. And I, I can't give my best to liberate those around me. And so I had to really think about myself and really learn how to calibrate and um, and then really have the courage to take that massive action, take those heroic goals and to be able to to, to push forward and, and have the courage to make those decisions. And so really one of the biggest ahas for me is creating a business, creating relationships in the way that really makes sense to me. I think, uh, I had a lot of examples that were connectors in my mm. life that I thought I had to almost live and build a business and relate to people in a very connectory way. And but I realized, no, I'm not bad. I'm not a Jeremy Kubitschek. <laughs> connectors are the best, by the way. I just want to put that. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and and I realized that uh, that I couldn't build it in that way. Uh, I couldn't build mm. it in the way that they build networks, how they market, how they sell, and mm. and I had to be me. And in that. Um, I wanted to play more of a strategic role that aligned to making greater impact, not just have a lot of conversations with people. I needed to do something that was more aligned to my bandwidth, to my capacity, that really matched to my provision and my purpose in my life. And that really I'll led say, to me. Oh, No, no, no. I'm just saying it's fantastic. Keep going if there's more. Yeah, I think that really led me to really focus on the things that I was really passionate about. I had to, I had to come to a, a place where I had to limit myself, create some uh, guardian boundaries in my life where I had to say no to certain relationships, 
no to certain partnerships, and really get to drill down on the things that I'm passionate about. And I think that's why we have one of the fruit of our work. We're, we're, we're really working hugely in the, the DNI space right now in diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, got to really upskill in that, but really help provide curriculum resources in the giant community and really helping creating inclusive leadership tendencies. And I think that's probably one of the fruit of it is that I got to, I was able to really slow down to really focus on my 7030 and really focus on things that really give me life. That's so good. Eh? I mean, I, th I think there's such a profound learning there. We always say that you, you'll never lead better than when you lead the way you were made. And sometimes connectors look amazing. But I do think that actually that insight that came to you there through that pioneer creative lens of going, actually, I'm better off building through the few, focusing on the things that I love most. And, you know, that, that story has been repeated multiple times from the people in our world. And it's one of the things I applaud most, I think, about the way Giant works with coaches and consultants, that there's not like one size fits all. It really is how do we help you lead the way you were made to be? And how do we help you build the business that actually fits the way you want to fulfill that purpose in life? So uh, last question, Abe, um, is if you look across all the, the kind of work you've done with different maybe families, teams, organizations, give us an example of where you've seen and been perhaps the person who's enabled a kind of a liberation story. Where has there been a real breakthrough in one of the circles outside yourself that you can just share with us to encourage us in many ways of how profound those changes can be when you're able to take what you've learned and then share it and multiply it into another context. I think one of the most profound foundational tools that, that's been impactful for my journey and for those around me has been the support challenge matrix. Um, I think about just allyship and being able to give voice and encourage those who don't have the resources and platform. Um, there was a situation where I felt like there were a couple of female colleagues that just didn't have a voice. Um, I felt like there was some level of uh, just in different strategic partnerships that we actually engaged in. They just felt dominated or just felt like they their voice wasn't fully heard and they weren't able to project who they were. And that led to them becoming more passive aggressive in their behavior. They wouldn't be totally, um, saying hey like i'm you know i'm pissed off or like in your face with the person of that that had all that conflict with but what was encour encouraging is that as we had those conversations we were able to help them to elevate and challenge and create the right boundaries for themselves and as they wrote the outline of what the healthy challenge would be to those that they felt um in a sense a little bit challenging to them to the point that they couldn't feel like their voice was being heard it was really great that they were able to uh, elevate their voice and really shift and create those boundaries. And in that place, they were able to uh, become more intentional and direct in their communication instead of feeling like they had to process it beyond the source. And so as we pushed them to talk to the source, that really allowed them to really define more liberating conversations. The other party didn't even know that this was actually happening but it really allowed for healthy, empowering conversations on both sides. That's like good. Jess, anything you want to come yeah. in with? Well, what's so fun is I'm so proud of, of Abe, Susie Lance, others who've been playing a part, and we've basically created a DE&I um, uh, app 
and it's a program that people can use and I'm super excited for it mm. coming and it's really being finished and built now and will be coming and launching very soon. So yeah. grateful for you, man. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. And and if any of you want to hear more of Abe's story, I think we did a, a five voices interview, Abe, didn't we, for about 40 minutes or so. On, yeah, you on did. A bit more of the story. So we'll find you that and put that in the show notes as well if you want to go a bit deeper. But he is a, a true liberator and a, a great friend. So Abe, really appreciate you coming on the show today and being part of the Giant Leadership Podcast. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure. All right. So here we are, Steve. We're at the last and final question of the Giant Leadership Podcast of this version. What's the last takeaway? What's the last thing you want to share from today? What's some big aha that you're learning personally? Gosh, that's a, um, I think the, big, the biggest one for me, Jez, is um, how, how valuable um, multiplication is when you do it well so i wouldn't say that what the things we do as leaders the things we do as coaches consultants we get often immediate feedback from maybe when we speak on a stage or a keynote or the things we do but for me i, I constantly reminded that actually the reward of multiplication is the one which which never grows old because the person that you've enabled to go to be someone and to do things they couldn't do before they will always remember and they will always credit you. I think I was triggered when when Abe said um, that Mark Herringshaw, one of our you know foundational giants, as it were, actually said, Mark found me, he apprenticed me, and I'm now doing what I'm doing because of him. And I think, you know, we've often said that a lot a lot of leaders die with the real gold still in the coffin. And and I think that was probably you, and probably you can say it better than I can, but it's always stuck with me and go that so many leaders actually get so far because they're incredibly gifted, but they never take the X challenge to multiply their unconscious competence. And just a bit of a celebration to people like Mark and, and others, you know, I know you have, I know I have, but it's, it's always costly, but it's always a reward that only grows in value over the years. So if you are an incredibly gifted leader listening to the giant leadership podcast, you may be amazing. But the question is always going to be, who are you multiplying your unconscious competence, your superpower into? Because if I can't see uh, people around you that are able to say the things Abe said about Mark, then in the end, I'll always say that you probably haven't fulfilled everything that you could have done as a leader. And there's a lot of years when you can look back and regret that you didn't take that X challenge in our hundred X motto. So that's my, that's, that was my, my thought this week as I've been doing it. And I think when Abe said that about Mark, it was just a chance to celebrate him and just go, Hey, apprenticeship is costly, but it's incredibly worthwhile. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. Uh, for me, it was the power of personal connection. Uh, this week we had the privilege of having uh, a giant partner retreat. We had uh, 12 people mm -hmm. from all over uh, the U S some of our, uh, some of our best giants who are, are gathered and they gathered at the prairie at, at our home and sure miss you steve miss you not oh. being able to be there it's harder in this weird era that we're in mm -hmm. but it was the power of connection and personal connection and you just forgot you know people were saying yeah screens are awesome technology is great because you can see each other but when you were together right and yeah. so uh, one of them, we got to celebrate. We had one of the most magical moments on last 
Friday. Or sorry, no, no, this Tuesday it was. This Tuesday afternoon. Uh, and I want to celebrate this person, but we got to basically be face to face and celebrate mm -hmm. uh, one of the original liberators in the giant community. His name is Mike Opadal. And today is actually Mike Opadal's last official day as a full time giant. Mm -hmm. He moves on to a partner because he and his family are moving to Bhutan and going to be opening up Giant Asia and are going to be doing a lot of work there. And so I thought, Steve, it'd be fun just to end oh. a note, just to celebrate uh, the bulldog of liberation yeah. we called Mike and give him a shout out on this podcast for uh, just the the love and the endearment. The guy who has tattooed Sport Challenge Matrix on his <laughs> on his arm. Uh, oh. So the the one of the one of the dearest liberators in our world. Yeah. So any last shout out for him Steve? oh gosh could go on for a long time uh, uh mike was our first hire wasn't it really apart from the boys and you know it i always joke and say he was the one who actually in a hot tub in his parents garden in albuquerque came and said to us uh, guys i think i'm called to work with you to take the things that you've been given and multiply them around the world and for mike as a kind of guardian to come and ask for a job was just excruciating but I would say that in terms of um, what Mike has brought, who Mike is, I mean, we wouldn't be here today. We wouldn't be doing what we're doing now with the scope and scale around the world. And just imagine what it'd be like when Mike learns some of the other tools that Giant has as well. But he's made <laughs> that support challenge matrix just go a long way. We love you, Mike. and We can't wait to see um, all that will happen in Asia because of you, Ash, and the kids. So there we go. Well, so uh, with that, friends, uh, we can't wait to see you next time. And really, for the topics that we'll talk about, uh, send in those messages, uh, tracy.rader at giantworldwide.com. Any questions that you would have or want us to, to address, we will. Until then, Steve, stay safe, and, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, Cheers, friends. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. If you're looking for a speaker for your next event, whether live or remote, Jeremy Kubitschek speaks to audiences all over the world. Jeremy is a best-selling author, international speaker, and co-founder of Giant Worldwide. He has started over 20 companies while living in Oklahoma City, Moscow, Atlanta, and London. Whether you're looking to impact your executive team, your entire organization, or if you're hosting a public event, go to jeremykubitschek.com to learn more.